Yeah! I have a million questions to get into. Namely, why do I sound like me why why does Chris sound like my version of Messi when he's trying to do my voice talking about God? Pretty damn accurate to me. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever seen you like a voice. All the other voices I've heard, not that crazy about. I don't know what Morales just did there back in his studio, but that was that was pretty damn accurate. Also, with that in mind, no one has ever been more happy to dance on someone's grave than Chris Morales is on Jared Goff's. He loathed him while he was here, and it's even worse now. So I'm glad that Chris got that out of his system. Hopefully he can start feeling a little better. Okay, isn't that kind of just... go? Okay, I'm, I got a couple questions for you. Okay. Because I'm sure yesterday you're watching that Monday night football game. You had a weekend of some fantastic football. Sure. And there's some interest. There's some storylines there. Yes, you got the Aaron Rodgers part of it, but the reality is... You got a quarterback that was representing the Rams for a number of years, and now that Matt Stafford is the starting quarterback for the uh, Los Angeles Rams, I'm sure you're watching and, and can relate to what the Lions and Lions fans were watching yesterday with Jared Goff. Uh -huh. What do you walk away? Kind of give me your <laughs> – you walk away after that game yesterday. What is your thoughts on Jared Goff? Well, I think <laughs> I'm doing my Chris doing my Travis. No, look. It's an evolution. It, it, is a, it is a process. And, and here's what it is. When Jared Goff was drafted number one of this team yeah. and was a part of that Jeff Fisher team mm -hmm. and came in and started those final seven games of the season and lost every single one of them and did not throw a touchdown pass in the process, it was a, oh, my God, what, what have they done? What 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 have they gotten themselves into? Yeah. They just picked the number one guy, and he can't. I'll steal Key's line. He can't play dead in a cowboy movie. This is a disaster. What what in the world are we going to do here? Sean McVay shows up. Well, okay. Oh, wow. Wait, what? He mm -hmm. can play? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm all in at this point. I'm all in on Jared Goff, and I'm excited. They go. They win the division. They go to the playoffs, and Farrell Cooper has a couple of terrible special teams plays, and they lose. Coming into the next season, you're like, hey, look, this could be really something special, and it was. Jared Goff was awesome. He played really, really well. The trajectory was still heading in the right direction. Yeah. And then you got into the playoffs, and it kind of sputtered a little bit. He had a good second half against New Orleans, and then in the Super Bowl, he was bad. And then the entire next season, he was bad. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, you know what? It's in there. We've seen it. We've seen him play really well. Where'd it go? It's coming back. I'm not too worried about it. And then last season was kind of that, oh, it was the other two seasons that were the mirage. This is what it is. And then we got to see it on Monday Night Football last night. Right there in front of the world, it was, it was his entire Rams career in four quarters of football. Brilliant play. That touchdown pass he threw was, mm -hmm. was a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. There aren't a handful of guys in the league that can throw a better pass than that. It was perfect. He takes his team right down the field, scores a touchdown on the open drive. Boom. Got it. It's like, yeah, look at that. Pretty good. That's year two of Jared Goff in L.A. Mm -hmm. And then the second quarter was not bad. We can live with it. It's fine. We're good. We got the lead at the half, 17 to 14, feeling pretty good about this. It's cool. It's cool. I think it's cool. Hey, is it cool? Is it cool? And then the second half was all the last two seasons. Fumbles, which you just heard, he had two. Interceptions, which you just heard, he had one. Throwing off of his back foot, just kind of chucking the ball down the middle of the field. That's what it was last night. And that, when I was watching it, Al, it comes into 
perfectly clear focus, which is this is why they had to do what they did. This is why they had to pay such a high price to get someone else to take him and get him out of here with that contract. It's because that right there is in his DNA. Those terrible moments, and they needed to move on. So this is the part that everything you just said, you laid it out perfect, right? Like the ups and downs of the moment that you thought, hey, this is the future of the Rams. Uh, He's fantastic. He's going to be a big part of the success that the Rams have, too. Um, no, this is not the future of the Rams, and you can use, kind of, you can uh, you can bundle it all into one game of the good that he provides, and then the bad that he provides, which is why it's not a consistent enough quarterback to go win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So I, I think all that is laid out perfect. This is my question because it, I don't know if it's just me, and maybe even using Morales as an example on that open. Why do I feel like? Rams fans, or maybe it's just the people that I talk to, as in you a ton of the time, Uh you want to see Jared Goff fail to help justify why you had to do what you did in the offseason and to continue to point the finger up, yep, that's why he's not here. Yep, you're almost, you're hoping so much for Stafford to have success not only to have success for the Los Angeles Rams and for this team, but also to continue to showcase why Jared Goff, Jared Goff was not the right player. Is that just me, or am I sensing the right thing? I think you're sensing the right thing, but identifying it wrong. Because I'm not wanting to see Jared Goff fail. That That's not what I'm wanting to see. What if I he want- threw three touchdowns yesterday and they beat the Packers 27-24, I think part of you... There's a part of you that would have said, damn, that was a, that was a pretty good game from Jared. Uh, no, I, I can tell you exactly because I was already preparing my comments at halftime. I was getting <laughs> okay, tweets. So, I was getting no, tweets to, to at halftime. Point, uh, uh-huh. To your point, I'm like, all right. For, I, it, it was, there was a little bit of a UCLA situation in here where I knew what was going to happen before it happened. I watched it up close. So okay. then you were rooting I, for I wasn't no I wasn't rooting for it. Were you rooting for Fresno State to beat UCLA? Just be honest, be honest. Were you rooting for Fresno State to beat UCLA? No. Here's what I I didn't need to root cuz I knew it was going to happen. Don't do that. Don't do what? How Al, this wasn't I, but, in the moment. I've been telling you for 2 weeks it was going to happen. I get it. I get it. But part of also your argument, this happens. This is very natural. We uh-huh. come on, we have our platform, we give our opinion on something. Yeah, you kind of want to see that opinion play out. Like I I get it. I understand that. <laughs> No, with the UCLA thing, I because quite honestly, I want the Pac-12 to do well, and it would have been better had UCLA no won question for the about Pac-12. It. So no question about there it. was a little bit of mixed emotions. Mm-hmm. I, I understand what you're saying, and there's something to it. But with the golf thing, it's not unlike the UCLA thing. Guys, I've seen this movie enough times. I know how it ends. I've seen the really good beginning followed by a what? And that's what happened last night. But you're right. I was at, at halftime. I'm thinking to myself, if this plays out with him, because he he's a good player some of the time. Mm-hmm. He has really good games some of the time. But the the, the commentary this morning would have been after what did you say three touchdowns. Well, at halftime, you sent me a text, and all you said was not feeling all that well. I'll let you know about tomorrow. <laughs> and then after the game, miraculously, you felt better. Yeah, well, yeah, I did little chicken soup and uh, bounce right back. But no, it would have been yeah, he's good. We we know he can play well. We saw the game against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. We saw the game against the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday Night Football. We saw the second half of the NFC Championship game against the New Orleans Saints. We've also seen all the other ones. That It's not that Jared Goff won't have some highs, and this brings us back to Stafford. It's the lows that you can't stand. It's the dropped snap. That can't happen. And it sure as hell can't happen once a game. 
You can't fumble multiple times a game. He had two fumbles last night. You can't have a pick six, which he had in week one. You can't have another interception in week two that's just a dead dog of a throw. You could have made that interception. I could have made it. was just it was a terrible read. That thing where he holds the ball too long and everybody's crashing on top of him. He's just standing there waiting for it to happen. Get on the ground. It's all of those things that you eliminate with Matthew Stafford. And mm-hmm. I think that's it wasn't so much me wanting to see him fail. It's just to kind of solidify my own thoughts in my head that yes, that was the So problem. my observation from Rams fans, this is what my observation would be. At least the conversation that comes up with Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. I feel like I I don't think there's if I told you a percentage, if I said hey, Trev, what percentage of Rams fans wanted to keep Jared Goff over Matt Stafford? Zero. Right? <laughs> well, okay. Let's say let's say it was twenty percent. Let's say it was ten percent. Yeah, it's, it's it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. But the point is, why does he keep coming up? Then that's that's the thing that I I think all through the off season, you and I were having conversations about this, and there was article after article, and it was how great Matt Stafford is, and it was um, it was Sean McVay going out of his way to praise this is what Stafford brings to the table, if. You already got what you needed. You mm-hmm. already have what you feel is the quarterback that can now take you to the next step. I get confused of why Jared Goff's name keeps coming up with Rams fans. You know what I mean? Like I almost feel like you're you want to be able to justify something even though you already know it's like you broke up with somebody and you keep having to point out this look, that was yeah, her but flaw. I want to stab her new boyfriend too. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not just that I Look broke at that up flaw with her that she had. And, and oh, by like, the way, there I, was it's just reassuring to know I was seeing the world correctly. But do you see what I'm saying? That you keep pointing out the person's flaws. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you already moved on. You made the decision well, to I think there's you're you're leaving out a point. I, I hear what you're saying, and there's there's a lot of truth in it, but I think you're leaving out an important point, and that is we thought we had it figured out with Matthew Stafford during the offseason. We anticipated it being better. You're thinking, okay, if you take out player X, Goff, and replace him with player Y, Stafford, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be better. But until the last couple of weeks, it was a hypothetical. It was a, okay, we'll see. I think I'm right. Right? That's one of those things. You put it together. I think this is going to work. And then sometimes you you let it roll, and it works perfectly the way that it looks like it's putting together this year. Or sometimes, like, hey, you know what? That wasn't the problem at all. We talked about this, too. Yeah, that yeah. What if Goff comes – or, excuse me, what if Stafford comes out and looks like Goff, right? That he throws bad interceptions, that the offense still has long periods of time where it looks stagnant and predictable and, and unexplosive. Well, that's not what's happened. That the, Our, our – expectations our hopes are being realized and I think that's why people are like not just that they're thrilled that Jared Goff fell because look Jared Goff was not disliked here like sometimes there's players that are on a team where you're like I hate that guy sure that wasn't this that was this guy's killing us there's a difference between I hate that guy Mm -hmm. and this guy's killing me Goff was in the second category, so I don't think it's joy in watching him fail. I think it's relief in knowing that the problem has been removed, and when you get to see it somewhere else, like that's why we made the move that we made. So I don't think, and that's why I asked the question about if you think 
Um, what percentage of fans out there do you think that wanted Goff to stay? You know what? No, would prefer Goff over Stafford. I think it's a very low percentage. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know anybody that's came out and said, no, this is a mistake. You should have kept Stafford. There was or a you group of kept people, Goff. Not, not keep Goff, but there mm-hmm. was a group of Rams fans. I'm saying, still is Stafford from, the, is, it, is there, that the solution? This isn't an upgrade. Mm-hmm. This is the same guy from a different team. That this is a guy that had never won a playoff game. This yeah. is a guy whose team more often than not finishes under 500. And the argument to that was yeah but it wasn't because of him the team was lousy he was the one bright shining piece of a bad team and Jared Goff was the inverse relationship of that and until you saw it play out in the first and again it's two weeks look we could be having a different conversation come Monday morning if he goes out there and looks terrible that's this is sports fans right but at least the 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 book is going the way you expected. The piece that you were most worried about is gone, doing the exact same things, whereas the new piece looks to be a, a solution to the problem you had before and not just trading one problem for another. So this is where I don't think you're going to get the justification you're looking for. Okay, um, Like you just mentioned, let, let's say hypothetically, and this is not out of the ordinary at all, that Stafford with the Rams – Never make it to the Super Bowl. Certainly possible. They they make it to the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. They get to the NFC uh, Championship, and they just don't get to the Super Bowl. That can happen, right? Yes. That just can be bad luck. It could be injuries. It could be you don't have enough talent. It could be a crucial mistake that has nothing to do with Matt Stafford. That's number one. The other part that I don't think you're going to get your justification from until you kind of obviously let things play out, how are you going to judge Jared Goff with the Lions? You can't. You, you just can't, Trav. Eh, I don't know. I, I, I saw him with one of the best yep. offensive minds in football. That's the point. And he was still doing that same dumb stuff that he's doing with but the But that's Lions. the point. So I think is it's that, fair to judge him. Is that an organization can make you look better than you actually are, and an organization can make you look worse than yeah, you actually are. but I don't think they made are. him look worse than he actually was. I think that yesterday was a perfect representation of his career. It's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, like, but they, I, didn't, just they didn't pay they attention didn't to that for a that second. Up, though. The reason they lost was Jared Goff if, dropped the ball. If Jared Goff, they lost, first of all, because they're not better than the Packers. Agreed. They lost because they gave up three touchdowns in a row in the second half. Nobody's expecting them to win that game. They're playing at Lambeau. There's plenty of reasons why they lost that game. But I, I mention that because as you look to justify, hey, Jared Goff, that was not the right fit here, the problem is he's playing for an organization that's so bad. Coaching made, you know, you just mentioned this about Jared Goff. When it was under Jeff Fisher, you had questions about what the hell did we just draft? What are we doing here? Then Sean McVay comes in and he can make somebody that's not that good look a lot better. The Lions are never going to give you, in my opinion, a true representation of Jared Goff. And I'm not telling you Jared Goff is Steve Young or Joe Montana. I'm just saying that that organization's not not going to help. Steve (laughs) Berline. Never mind Steve Young. No, look. I think we got the best version of Jared Goff. If, if Sean McVay can't make it work, then it's not going to work. I agree with that. I think that's the way that it goes. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And don't forget that you can send us a tweet whenever you want, at Travis Rogers, at Alan Sliwa, on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, the Dr. Pepper call-in line as well. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are fans. Return to glory with Fansville. By Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I'm going to throw this out there. Okay. And if you're a Rams fan or you got a comment on this Jared Goff stuff, are you rooting for him to fail, number one? No. And number two, is there some type of 
um, justification that you're still looking for. And if you want to comment on that, 877-710-ESPN. Plus, we're down to 12. Alex. 12 games left. 12 games left. How many do the Dodgers need to win for you to feel good about their chances to win the National League West outright? We got all that coming up. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. The whole what? Mushpuka. <laughs> okay. Is that like everything? Like everything. all of it? The whole thing. The whole kit and caboodle, so to speak? We, the whole thing. I didn't. I don't know that word. There's my, there's my new thing for the day. I'm using mushpuka three more times in this uh, show <laughs> One more today. time? Mushpuka? Mushpuka. Mushpuka. Do you know I that word? I think that's or? how I pronounce it. <laughs> I like. I know when to use you, it. Did you hear what you said? I think that's how I pronounce it. Not that's how it's pronounced, but how I pronounce. I pronounce it. There you go. Good enough for me. It's time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. I, I I'm gonna just tell you this straight up. Mm-hmm. Here we are on September 21st, and I did not think for one single second of the entire baseball season that we would be here with 12 games left to go mm. and saying. Yeah, the Dodgers need to win 10 of their last 12, 11 of their last 12, 12 of their last 12 to win the division. It's just that we're here in the final two weeks of the season is a miracle to me. It really, truly is that the Giants have done been able to do what they've done. Yeah, there's a combination to this. You could say, oh, this is incredibly exciting. What was that article? I think it was on Friday. Uh, someone is making the case. Yeah, Bradford Doolittle. Making the case that this is great for baseball and – um, you know, this is the type of races that you want in the regular season. And you and I, you know, we feel the same way about this. This is stupid. This is not how it's supposed to be. Um, no two teams, the two best teams in Major League Baseball should not be fighting for this wild card game or avoiding the wild card game. So we don't need to get into all that. But 12 games left. Trav, you try to guess how many games that the Dodgers need to win to win this division outright, not right. get into that 163rd game. Well, that means they got to make up two games on the Giants in these next 12 games. 12. So to put that in perspective, last 12 games for the Dodgers. Let's just look at the last 12 they played because every game has been critical and important. You've kind of known this fight at least for the last 30 days or so. Mm -hmm. The last 12 games for the Dodgers, they're 9-3. and The last 12 games for the Giants, they're 9-3. and So if you kind of play this out here, then the Dodgers are going to be in a wild card game with most likely St. Louis. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you either got to make up two games or you got to go in 163rd game with Bobby Scherzer in that game if it lines up the way it's supposed to. It may to. not line up. That's yeah. what's so interesting. And Let's put a pin on the wild card thing for a second. We can circle back to it in a minute. You have them going 9-3, and three, both teams, over the final 12. Just very quickly so people know what we're talking about. Here's what the Dodgers have left in their final 12 games. They're in Colorado for three games starting tonight with their three best pitchers. Yep. Right? You've got – And you've said <laughs> this 100 times, Rockies, pretty – they're Much better at team they're at home, great, but they're, they're not, one of the worst on the road. Exactly. Yeah. They're not bums at home. That's a weird ballpark mm-hmm. where weird stuff happens. But 
Urias, Bueller, Scherzer, you like your chances. They go on the road to Arizona, their final three road games of the regular season. Arizona's the worst team in the National League. You have to win all three of those games, okay? Then you finish at home against San Diego and Milwaukee. Who knows if San Diego's still in it at that point? It certainly doesn't feel like it the way that things are going of late. And then Milwaukee may have decided that we're going to start getting ready for the Braves because they're locked into that third spot. Yeah, because they're in third place in the NL and they can just start preparing for yeah. the playoffs while the Giants and the Dodgers <laughs> it's, it's, with the two best records stupid, cannot prepare true. for the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely, but they're, they could start doing it right now because yeah. they're not going to catch the Dodgers or Giants. Mm-hmm. They're not going to fall farther enough back for Atlanta to catch them, so they're locked in. They're going to host the division round at their place. That's how it's, it's going to go. so much sense. Yeah, uh, it's just right? such, a, such a great program. So you're thinking – Colorado, not great. Arizona, legitimately bad. San Diego's coming unglued. And then Milwaukee, who's probably let go at that mm-hmm. point. You like it, right? Here's what the, here's what the can, Giants Can I have. say something real quick sure. on the Dodgers schedule? I don't think you could just say, well, the Padres are um, unglued and they're falling apart. They are. But I will tell you, you know, kind of looking at the regular season and coming into this year, the Padres are supposed to be one of those teams Padres, I don't think, will just lay down. Like, they will try to play the – you were saying this. Um, remember the game you were talking about in – how many games did the Giants win? 102, you said, and they didn't make the playoffs yeah. because Piazza hits a home run. Uh-huh. There are certain teams that want to see other teams lose. I don't think the Padres will just mail it in, even if they're a few games back and they don't think they're going to make the wild card. The Brewers – you know, I know you're going to have your opinion on this, but I, I even think the Brewers, right now you can sit here and say, and you could try to make the case, hey, Al, you know, if the Brewers are going to play the Giants or the Dodgers, it doesn't matter because those two teams, look what the Giants have done all season. Nobody is going to want to play the Dodgers. If you make it that much more of a challenge for the Dodgers, Not it can't affect you in the playoffs. Obviously, it can't affect the Brewers. But I think teams are going to play the Dodgers all the way through. That's my personal opinion. Um. I don't buy it on e- on, e- on either account. Number one, the Giant-Dodger rivalry is very different than the Dodger-Padre rivalry. There's no rivalry between the I, Dodgers I, and the Padres. I agree. And, and had the Padres just kind of gotten eliminated before mm-hmm. the Dodgers series comes in, but they were in it right up until it, I think you're right. I think there's a little bit of that fight. Well, while we might not be in, at least we can ruin it for them. That's just kind of a sports thing, mm-hmm. right? That's not what's happening to the Padres. The, what's happening? They're coming. They're they're coming. No, they're glued. Yeah. They're they're the man. The manager's going to get fired. Yep. Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado are having a screaming match in yep. the dugout. Which in and it wasn't itself, that bad, it, but it's, it's not that bad. But it's, it's going to get blown out of proportion. It's an indicator of how toxic Frustra- things are and frustrating things yeah. are. So yeah. I do think the Padres could very possibly just say bleep it. Let's just go home, man. Mm-hmm. What, what do we got? Six more games left. I'm, Let's go. Hurry up. Five, four, three, two, one. Bye. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Hawaii. See you all in a, in a couple of I months. I think Cabo is the <laughs> Cabo, uh, it's, that's yeah. the vacation Wherever place for Fernando would like to go. Yeah. That's yeah. where Fernando gets inside to go. the NBA. TNT. They always send them to Cabo. They're going I, I don't, fishing. I don't think the Brewers fall into that at all. Here's what the Brewers are going to do. They're going to figure out what's best for them t- to do against the Milwaukee Braves. Full or Milwaukee Braves. Was it 1954? It's the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Um, full stop. 
they're going to figure out what they need to do to set themselves up to beat the Braves. And then whatever happens, because the, the the Rubik's Cube on the other half of the draw, it's too complicated to figure out. I don't know. I might get the Cardinals. I might get the Giants. I might get the Dodgers. Sure. I, I don't know who I'm going to mm-hmm. get out of there. I can't worry about trying to get the Dodgers eliminated, trying to force them into the wild card. So they have to go through Adam Wainwright or whoever it might be. And then the Giants. Eh, that, there's a lot of moving parts there. I don't think that they go through all of the scenarios to try and figure out what might give them a percentage chance better of winning a single series that may never happen. So before you go into the Giants schedule, I'm going to throw this. Fangraph says that the Dodgers have a 50.6% chance of winning the division, and the Giants have a 49.4% chance of winning the division. Um, It's a... 1.2% 1.2% difference, or no, I'm sorry, it's a 0.8% difference. It's, it's a coin flip. It's 1% difference, it's and the Dodgers are down by a game. Yeah, it, it's they are, but the giant schedule, I think, is Laid just out. as important as this. We mm-hmm. talked about the Dodgers. They're playing three, two bad teams, one team that's coming unglued, and another team that's already locked into their spot. Mm-hmm. The Giants are just playing four bad teams. <laughs> They're just playing four bad teams. At San Diego starting today, mm-hmm. it's the Padres' last gasp. If they lose two or three of these games, it's over. the Padres let go of the rope and that's it. At Colorado, which we've talked about, we know what that is. Better at home than on the road, but just okay. Then you go to Arizona, or I should say for the Giants, at Arizona, excuse me, at San Francisco, and then San Diego in San Francisco again. To they finish at home. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't play great, they're going to win eight or nine of those. That means the Dodgers have to win nine or ten, ten or eleven, depending on where it is. It, it just, I think both teams are going to finish incredibly strong. I think both teams are going to finish with well over a hundred wins, and I think that the Dodgers are going to come up just a hair short. I, I'd love to be wrong, but you're just looking at the schedule; it doesn't feel like it. And here, here's the other part too, Al. When you, this kind of goes back to what you're talking about with the Brewers. This kind of goes back to, hey, we we'll set it up. We'll put these guys here. We'll put these guys here. We're acting like the Giants are somehow lucky to be here. They've played 150 games, and they've won more games than the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's one single game. Dodgers and Giants played 19 times. They're one single game better in those 19. Of the 19 games they played, probably 15 of them were close games, Mm -hmm. right? They are very evenly matched. This idea that if the Dodgers just get in, everything takes care of itself. Maybe, but maybe the Giants are legit. We need to start realizing that you don't win 103 or 4 games in the major leagues by luck. You only do it by being really, really good, and that's what, exactly what they're going to do. It's not a 30-game sample size here. We're 150 games into a 162-game season. But, you know, Trav, I, I, the one thing with the Dodgers, they've never put their foot on the brakes, right? They're, it's When you lay out those 12 games for each team, this has more been about what the Giants have done rather than what the uh, Dodgers have not done. That's the reality. If if the Giants were four games back from the Dodgers right now at this point, you know what I'd be saying? What a great season for the Giants. Oh, no question. Right? Like, no if question. they were four back, six back, what a great season for the, the Giants. They're going to get into the postseason, and they're going to play this wild card game. they got a chance to, to, to eventually play the Dodgers. This is the one thing that I will say about these 12 games. More of a necessity for the Dodgers or the Giants to win that division. Is it more of a necessity for the Dodgers or the Giants to win that division? We could take some calls on this as well, 877-710-ESPN. We'll take some of those calls coming up next, and and we'll do that. More of a necessity between these two teams. Stay right here, Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. I do know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose 
is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other opponents, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Trav, this is where you come into play. I come into play because <laughs> we're not we're not somebody that in the past has played daily fantasy. No. We're doing it now every single night, and this is the great part about it, and you could kind of explain the way you set your lineup and how you go up against somebody and you actually know who you're playing I, against. I, I know who to keep my eye on, right? That In so many other places, you don't know who you are going up against and how many different people you're going up against. In this, you got to beat one lineup. Stat Hero puts their lineup out there. I know that I need to get more points than Christian McCaffrey. You had Aaron Jones, right? That right? All of a sudden, it's like, yeah, what? I've got Aaron Jones, and he's cleaning up. But that's the part about this I'm a this good that GM. That's what it comes down to. I'm a lineup, good general manager. And you don't like it? Eh, I'll skip this one. I'll go to the next one. And you can look at the next lineup and the next lineup and the next lineup. I absolutely love it. I've played every single weekend of the football season. I've done a ton of the baseball as well. I can't get enough of stuff. You can hero. start setting up right now. You could start setting up Thursday's game. Mm -hmm. Thursday night football. You could start setting up any college games coming up Friday and Saturday. Of course, all the weekend games coming up this Sunday, the football world. How it works, we explained it. Stat Hero shows you their lineups, dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head -head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero has shown you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. In total control, Stat Hero is DFS the way it is meant to be. One-on-one. -on -one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. And take Cooper Cup. So this is why it's important that you have smart friends. Dr. Clapper just texted me okay. to, to, to hook us up. Mishpuchka, if I'm saying that right, Doc, forgive me if I got it wrong, means family in Yiddish. So I don't know if Chris used that right or not. I was kind of sold on Chris the way he sold it. <laughs> Chris, well, look. He said it thing very Chris. confidently that I was like, no, it's how you Chris how you has a wonderful gift mm -hmm. where he just fires something out there into the universe with an incredible amount of confidence that might not be right. And you're like, <laughs> you got to call him on these things every yeah. once in a while. So I appreciate it, Doc. Thanks for uh, squaring us away on that one. So we were talking about the Dodgers and the wild card. One game back with 12 games to go. Can I just throw this out there sure. for you real quick? Yep. Does the name Luis Castillo mean anything to you? Yeah. Uh, actually, no. <laughs> I, you know who I was thinking of? I thought I thought you were thinking L.A. Times reporter. No, I thought maybe it was an Jorge article. Castillo. Jorge Castillo. This, yeah. this is yeah. Luis Castillo. Uh, and Travis Lee's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Luis Castillo is a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds who has a record on the season of 8-15 and 15 with an ERA of over 4. Is this the dude that pitched... Luis Castillo is also the guy who pitched against, against the Dodgers Bueller. on Friday night against Walker Bueller, pitched into the seventh inning, gave up zero runs, and struck out ten guys. Yeah. If that doesn't send a cold shiver down your spine. That's the about, Reds. What about what about the Cardinals? Luis Castillo is every man. Mm -hmm. He's every team in baseball has a few Luis Castillos. That has got, one night like that the, once a month. Major league. Once pitcher. every two months. Look, he's a major league yeah. pitcher. Okay. He's in the major leagues. Because he's really good at throwing a baseball. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe he's not Max Scherzer. Maybe he's not Walker Bueller. Maybe he's not Jacob DeGrom. But those guys, all of the Luis Castillos in Major League Baseball, and every team has a bunch, on any given day, they're going to lock you up. Let me, even with all that being said, we threw out the question, more of a necessity for the Giants or the Dodgers to win the division. I, I really don't think – I'm going to give my opinion on this. I know we got some calls we want to take. Trav, I, I don't think this is even close. Let me let me play this out for you. Let's say the Dodgers had to play 
in a 163rd game against the Giants up in San Francisco. Okay. San Francisco wins that game 3-2. to two. Boo. Now the Dodgers have to play at Dodger Stadium okay. against the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. And the Dodgers win that game. Yay! 4-2. to two. Okay. Now they got to play, go back up to San Francisco, and play a five-game set against the Giants. Okay. How do you like the Dodgers' chances, all that muddled and, you know, all over the place, how do you like the Dodgers' chances to beat the San Francisco Giants? I like them because their rotation is going to be Urias, Kershaw, and then we're back to the top with, with Scherzer okay. and Bueller. The, the, the wild card in all of that is bullpen. How much bullpen did you spend to get through those first two games? Let me play the exact the other scenario here. Dodgers and Giants play 163rd game. Scherzer is unstoppable. They win 2 nothing. Yay. Giants now have to win a wild card game. They beat the Cardinals. Yeah. Now they got to start a five-game set against the Dodgers yeah. at, at uh, Dodger Stadium. Oh, yay. What do you think of the Giants' chances they're, through all of that? They've been taxed significantly. They've been taxed. Their, their pitching is not near – their starting pitching in particular is not nearly as deep. And they're coming in with their third or fourth best guy going up against the Dodgers' best guy. It's a mismatch. Giants, no. I don't care, you know, what – as you sit here and you talk to me about what they've done over 150 games, as you sit here and tell me that this is a good team, you cannot take this team – I get all of that. I played out the two scenarios, which is why the Giants know – they probably got to win 10 of these games to make sure that they avoid that avoid that wild card, avoid that 163rd game. And that's been the storyline all season. It's not about what the Dodgers haven't done. It's about it's about what the Giants have done. If they hold on to it, it gives them a legit chance. All right, let's take our first call here on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Let's go to Los Angeles and Jerry. Jerry, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, guys. Yeah, it's actually it's imperative that the Dodgers – uh, don't get into that one game uh, playoff because we shouldn't have been in this position. But Dave Roberts is our manager, and he's mismanaged so many games that in a one-game playoff, can you really t- trust Dave Roberts to do the right thing? Sure. And if we don't, and if we don't make it to the World Series, he should be fired so no, he can stop. go work right, with Clay Helton and then open is, up. This a is the same call we've taken a hundred times from Jerry. I think he's got a he different might use name a different this name. time. Yeah. He might use it, which, by the way, let me just say that's pretty creative. Look. It's pretty crazy. I mean, just Changing to, your name? Well, just to go to that to that extent I, to say I'm going to go with Jerry. You know what? We we're so quick to hang up the phone. Why Jerry? Like there are all these other names that you could have used. I would have been. I would have loved to get a little more information maybe, on maybe that. Maybe he's got like a cartoon fetish, and it's Tom and Jerry, and he'll be Tom next time, and then it'll be Elmer and Daffy and all of the other. Write guys. all those down and make sure Emily and Funches know that this is what's this going on. This is not on. a Dave Roberts thing. Like the, the you've one had game your hesitations. Playoff. You've had your hesitations with Dave as well. There's been plenty of times you you sat For here sure. and said, "I got questions about this decision, that decision." My, I, yes, I have questions about some of the decision he decisions he makes at any given time. The, my fear of the wild card, though, has nothing to do with Dave Roberts. My fear of the wild card has everything to do with Luis Castillo. It has everything to do with Adam Wainwright. It has everything to do with a guy whose name I've never heard walking in and doing something on Hits that day. Hits a double in the eighth that exactly drives in right. a run and yeah. you lose 3-2. That, that, that's not a Dave Roberts. Look, if all of a sudden it's the bases loaded with two outs and there's a left-handed pitcher and he decides to go bring Cody Bellinger into the game to pinch hit, then we can talk about Dave Roberts. But that's that, – look, it's going to be fine. Can, can we just put this out there too? And this is kind of – has nothing to do with anything. I've been critical of Dave. I know that G- Jerry has been critical of Dave. I don't know how many of the decisions as far as lineups go and pitching matchups go and these things that are exclusively Dave's decision to make. 
I know that he's the manager of the team and that in the moment he you know pushes the lever or he doesn't. Dodgers are heavily invested in analytics. Andrew Friedman is a genius when it comes to these things. That's why he's one of, if not the very best executive in baseball. I think there's a little bit of collaboration on how these things go. Dave, think- Dave ultimately has to wear the decisions because that's he's the guy in the chair. But this is a collaborative effort. Do you think? And, and I know we got to get we got a bunch of funches uh, coming up next here, and, and we got a, a ton of calls that we can get into. So we can take some more calls coming up here at ten fifty five eight seven 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 ten ESPN. But one of the things we could do at ten fifty five as well, and I know we got some Lakers stuff to get into, but one game playoff. It, are you comfortable where analytics dominates a one game? Not playoff? even close. Yeah, I'm not either. It, the, the one game. It's the ultimate small sample. The analytics work over six months. They don't work over three you hours. You want hunch. You want that's my guy. Can the, I be the right can way? I be as the right as way, this, Al. Yeah, it, it's as stupid as this. The analytics may say Cody Bellinger is a better option than Gavin Lux, but if you've watched the Dodgers for the last two weeks, there's no question that Gavin Lux is a better option than Cody Bellinger right now. That's where you have to take the analytics and say. Yeah, not today. Today we're going to go with the guy that got three hits yesterday. Give you we're going to do that. Give you an example. You know, analytics is that analytics you're taking out Blake Snell in a game that everybody says to themselves, "What the hell are you talking?" Oh, the analytics say to. Do they say to do it in the World Series Game Six, whatever the case is? More of those calls, more of that analytics question because I think you're right. Short sample, the Dodger way becomes much less powerful in that short sample. That's coming up at 10:55. But next, it's bunch of fun. It's Travis and Slee, 7:10 ESPN. Great bunch of fun topics today, Slee. Very excited about this. Travis Slee's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Mr. Funches, what do you got? All right, guys. Uh, Ruben Clammer, uh, the inventor of the game of life, has died at the age of 99. R.I.P. R.I.P., baby. All right, the game of life has sold over 35 million copies since uh, it came out in 1960. Hmm. And Clammer is also an inventor of some sort of, like, over 200 inventions. Like, this guy was like a modern-day Tony Stark, I guess. (laughs) You know, just making up stuff, you know? Um, I like that you went Tony Stark instead of, like, Thomas Edison. Or even Elon (laughs) Musk or something, right? So. None of his none of his inventions are greater than the game of life, though. You know, he had over two hundred inventions, but you know, game of life is, you know, the best game board, the bo- the best board, board game, game of all time mm-hmm. of all time, I'd say. So, um, Travis, I'll start with you. Are you board game guy? Yeah, I don't mind playing them. The, the The game of life was always frustrating because once you opened the box, the spinner would break about eight seconds after you gave it a few twirls. So Come that on, was man. always don't, kind of frustrating. Don't start what, what, putting on Yelp bad reviews. Well, Just give it a second. And also, is how it long the, did your spinner last? What's the great What's the greatest <laughs> board game of all time? Trivial Pursuit is the answer to that question. I love that basically because it allows me to peacock how smart I am in front of other people. Yeah. That I get to walk around. I know the name of cocktails. I know who uh, Roger Maris played for. I can tell you that um, uh, Burma is in Southeast Asia. I I could start dropping random little tidbits of nonsense that I memorize as opposed to actually understanding theories. So I'm a trivial pursuit guy. Love that game. Yeah, that's why Travis is wrong. I think we'd all agree with that. Those who are driving on the on the road right now understand that Monopoly Monopoly is the bit. greatest. I figure you'd be board Monopoly guy. In you the seem like Monopoly guy of board See, games. It's good. I will go toe to toe with you. I will negotiate like no tomorrow. I will make you feel like you had a good deal, and the next thing you know. Uh, you're just watching me throw hotels on Baltic <laughs> Avenue. See, here's the thing. Well, I went I already, Baltic, by the way. I, I didn't even go any of the 
four, what would you say, four or five hours a day together, right? Do a couple hours prepping, three hours doing the show. I don't need to spend another nine hours playing one game of Monopoly. Listen with to you. me. Can I can I say this? That that is the one game where you'll play with buddies, right? Three, four buddies, something along those lines. And you will you can easily go without having a conversation with somebody an hour after that game is done. It's like, why didn't you make that deal? It was, you're going to go make a deal with Robbie, but you're not going to come back with me. I mean, that's that's Monopoly. Do you buy the electric company or no? I buy it more just a, as a chip. I don't buy it as a something that you actually need. It's a chip that you can use down the it's road. A, it's and, a piece and he, you can use yeah, to get Maybe I need else. another railroad down the road. Now we're negotiating. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, J.J. Reddick officially called it quits today in a, on a little video retirement speech. Says it's time to be a dad his two young sons. J.J., obviously one First of the off, best. I'm a dad. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. Obviously, J.J. is one of the best three-point shooters of all time, a career 42-percenter in his 15 seasons in NBA. But we all knew J.J. has that punk from Duke at first. <laughs> and I carry on to the tradition of guys that we just love to hate from Duke. You know, the Christian Leitners, the uh, Josh McRoberts, all those guys. Uh, Reddick said from his time at Duke, he, could, he would receive at least 50 to 75 daily hate calls <laughs> at his peak. I guess they're in his junior, senior year, or whatever at Duke. But I didn't know he was that hated. He was pretty yeah. hated. Yeah, he was pretty hated. <laughs> so what it, with that and said, uh, Sliwa, who is the greatest sports villain of all time? So I'm just gonna go personal experience. Like if you say a guy that you just hated watching that just kind of got under your skin and still continues to get under my skin, Paul Pierce for me. It's not a bad choice. Paul Pierce, for it's some reason, choice. every single I'm like, are you whining and complaining after you made a bucket? Like, I, I don't even understand what's going on. And even that, obviously, this also has a lot to do with the fact that he's rocking the Boston, you know, yeah, obviously sure. for the Boston Celtics. The pouring the Gatorade on Doc Rivers with, I think, nine minutes left in the second <laughs> quarter, that probably Wait, still they gets up to by me. like 40 points, though. Yeah. Didn't he there leave was a, the game in a wheelchair and come back 30 seconds later, too? Yes. That's a, that's a good thing. There was five minutes left in the game, I think, when they poured the Gatorade. <laughs> it's like, you do this with 10 seconds left. They had to stop the game, clean up the Gatorade. <laughs> mop. We need a mop over here. I, I Listen, I'm trying to think here if there's, and I'm sure there's other players, but Paul Pierce, for some reason, always bothered me and rubbed me the wrong way. It's funny you say that because my answer is very, very similar. Part of the reason you don't like Paul Pierce is that he was really good. Right, and he would do work against the Lakers. I think he That's thought he was problem. better than he was. I, I, fair enough, but mm -hmm. it, he wasn't some 12th guy on the team. He no, was, he wasn't. He was an important part yep. of what they were doing. For me, and, and I think you need to be a really good player to be loathed, right? That if I'm going to hate you, it can't be somebody that I don't know. No you, question about it. You need to it. do damage to mm -hmm. my guys. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me. Larry Bird. I hated Larry Bird. Because Larry Bird was in Magic's way. Larry Bird was the guy that you were terrified of making that shot. Larry Bird was that guy that if he had the ball in his hands with 10 seconds to go, that ball was going down. Hmm. That, 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 and that scared the you-know-what out of me. I'm sure that the answer to that question in Boston is Magic Johnson. And everybody loves Magic unless you like the Celtics. And mm -hmm. for me, Larry Bird, with that little cheesy blonde mustache and that weird haircut that he would rock, I loathed Larry but I, Bird. But I never felt like, comparing the two, I never felt like Bird, and maybe this is just because the Showtime era wasn't, I wasn't up for all of that. You you feared him, but he wasn't annoying. You oh, know what I mean? Larry Bird is one of the great trash talkers in the history of the NBA. 
Larry Bird was the guy that showed up at the three-point contest at the All-Star. Yeah, but I like that. Say, I respect which that. Which one of you blankers is finishing second? But he backs it up and that's goes and wins the three-point contest. That's why he's so hated because he's so good. If he, if he were talking like that and he was, what did you say, Funch? Josh McRoberts. It's yeah, like, right. Larry man, Bird is not getting on a wheelchair and wheeling himself off um, because of whatever reason it was. No, he didn't have that I, I like gear, how but... you, your sports villains are both Celtics. Yeah, for me, was, that, that's an easy one, Larry Bird. I like Pierce isn't bad, but Larry Bird was so scary. I, I have one because this brought up a lot of feelings in me when he brought up all the Duke things. I went to University of Virginia. I We played against Duke twice a year. I absolutely hate hated Grayson Allen. His little face. That's the guy that trips everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. trips everybody. Yeah. He cries on the bench when he doesn't get his way. He was he was so irksome. And I remember my senior year, we just booed every time he, he touched the ball. It was, it was ooh, I hate him. <laughs> it's not a bad one. Duke probably has a list of 15 well, guys just nobody, on their own. Look, if we're doing Mount Rushmore, I hated people. Yeah. There's not four faces on it. There's one, and it's Christian Leitner. <laughs> we're just done with that. He wins that one by a mile. All right, guys, so over the weekend, I started to look around at some of the products around my house, and I noticed most of them are has seen on TV products. <laughs> now, I use a red copper pan. You know, you guys know which one that is. That's the one that doesn't stick at all. Of course. Yeah, I use hey, that. put eggs on there, egg. no know, oil. You can I, melt plastic, and it doesn't it I doesn't use that stick. to cook all my breakfast foods, foods and all my eggs. I also use a Flex Seal tape anytime I have to tape anything. At all around the house. Yep. By um, the way, if just hypothetically, if you have a boat and you're in the Florida Everglades, you can throw <laughs> the flex it. tape on there. No problem. No problem at Alligators. all. Alligators. <laughs> See you no, later. No I've got a flex tape boat. Yeah, that's that's what sold me initially on that ass scene on TV. All right, Travis, do you have any of these products? And what is the greatest has seen on TV product ever? Okay, so remember the other day when I was trying to figure out why they let Cody Bellinger hit in that situation and I called 10 or 12 different people to, yeah, no, to get to the Yeah, no, you became a uh, journalist that was, <laughs> was representing- like Mike Wallace yeah. getting to the bottom of an insurance scam. I needed to know what was going on. I thought you were going to do a special <laughs> 60 minutes on this. So I basically did that with this. I considered a variety of made-on-TV products. The Clapper, ShamWow, Snuggy, Chia Pet, the boat made out of flex tape. Yeah. That's certainly on there. Uh, the the uh, Thigh Master from Suzanne Summers a, mil- a million years ago. All mm-hmm. of these, but I'm going to go back to the original Are you one. still using the Thigh Master? <laughs> it's collecting dust in the garage with every remember other the, piece remember of the ab roller? equipment. The what? The ab roller. The ab roller's a great one. Tony Little. Oh, remember- yeah, that's right. Tony Little had that crazy hair. I remember I got that and i'm like guys that's it i'm i'm gonna have a six pack in probably three days the greatest made for tv or only on tv thing was the ginsu knife because the, they would they would cut a boot in half and then cut your sandwich so who really hasn't need to saw through an old construction 100%. boot 100%. and then you know what can you slice this tomato for me that's the best it's ginsu knife slice and to a, a pipe as well okay this is one i got roped into watching a lot <laughs> Maybe it was because of my college days. Maybe it was late at night, and maybe I had a uh, you know, couple uh, extra products in the evening. Set it and forget it. What the hell <laughs> was that Popeil. thing? What the hell was that it thing? Was, I don't remember the name of the oven, but Ron Popeil was the guy that would do the commercials. Here's the thing. Just set it and forget it. I didn't even buy it. I was watching it like it was a movie. I was watching like this is the most fascinating thing ever. You don't remember set and forget no, it? No, I don't. Dude, oh, put yeah. a full chicken in there. He closed it and goes <laughs> set it, it, and then he'd look at the crowd. Forget it. <laughs> what about the shake weight guys? You guys remember that? That too? was a little <laughs> awkward, for lack of a better word. 
That was a little. That's all. That's like, oh, all guys, weird. come on. That's this is you know, it's on Saturday morning. Let's take it easy with the shake weight. Have you ever seen yourself uh, using your shake weight? You know, it's, yeah. it's a bad look. The best one ever to George Foreman grill. Has to be. Not bad. Yeah, no, that, that one's bad. one that we actually used and didn't make fun of. The other ones I think were funny. <laughs> Not bad. Good to make Not fun bad. of. Not bad. Michael Thompson's most uh, favorite sports villain, Ric Flair. He just weighed in on it, and you should have known it was going to be a wrestler for Michael Thompson oh, along Ric the way. Flair's the man. Who do you got? Who is your favorite sports villain? The guy that you love to hate. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. And Al... You said it the other night, or the, I should say a couple of minutes ago, when we were talking about LeBron this morning and being the GM and all these things, we finally got to the point of, do they have to win it? Is there a scenario where it's not a championship or bust? All right, we could do that coming up next. By the way, more of your phone calls, 877-710-ESPN. And I know we have a few callers on the Dodgers. We'll take that as well. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710-ESPN.